What's going on, everybody? Long time no talk, but you are still listening to this. I am Francesca Fiorentini. This is the Bituation Room Podcast, which is now a live stream on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch, if you know what that is. But it's also still a podcast. So this is the audio from our last live stream, our first last live stream, which was recorded on Sunday, May 17th, with myself, the comedian Nato Green, and Veronica Huerta, who is a clinical lab scientist working on coronavirus testing. Please enjoy. And I promise I will have new music very soon. Also rate the podcast. Okay, bye-bye. What's going on, internets? How are you? Welcome to the Bituation Room. I'm sorry if I just blew your ear holes out. Get used to it. I am your host, Francesca Fiorentini. This is the podcast, but it's now a live stream. And you're here, and it's Sunday night. And maybe there's like a historic ESPN documentary about Michael Jordan on right now, but you don't have cable. That's why you're here on the internet with me, uh, we have such a great show. Thank you for being here for our very first time. This is totally normal. Totally normal. Uh, soups, soups norm. Um, but no, we really wanted to bring this show back because nobody has anything to do. Uh, I am minimally employed. Newsbroke is on hiatus. And there is a killer virus trying to wipe out humanity. <laughs> also, it's an election year. And Jared Kushner can't say that there's going to be an election in November. And I know we shouldn't listen to him, but like the president does. So holy shit. Um, We need to be here. And we have such a good show. We have a clinical lab scientist who's currently testing for coronavirus right now. Uh, She's trying to develop. Yes, she. Yes, she. Women in STEM. Okay. Hashtag. Uh, she is developing a coronavirus test right now. We're going to speak to her, ask her all the dumb questions that we're not allowed to ask because it will make us look like, you know, MAGA supporters. Uh, I put on lipstick. I hope you have too. And I want to introduce my co-host for this hour. You've heard him before. You've seen him. If you've come to any of the Bituation Rooms live shows, he is a comedian. He is a labor organizer. He is a badass. He might have had COVID. I don't know. But please welcome Mr. Nato Green. Hello. How are you? You know, not horrible. Uh, yeah, right. Uh, you know, that's there's always like the how are you and then the like how are you really? You know what I mean? The, that It's like, how are you? I'm fine. But also... Like I burst out crying spontaneously. Like if yeah. I hear a song with the right minor chord key progression, <laughs> uh, uh, minor key chord progression, then I'm gonna be doing some ugly crying. But otherwise, like fine, I guess. Sure. You know. I mean, that question was always stupid, and now it's just like, right? Let's just cut through that entire thing. Right. Um, yeah, I mean, I can't tell you what it's like to have your period. I would just want to explain how much it fucking sucks to be bleeding and be sheltering in place. Usually I like to bleed in public, you know, but apparently that's not I've, like sanitary I've it, now. I've seen it happen. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, 
yeah, I mean, you know, so have you, are you just like even gotten rid of the Diva Cup and just completely freewheeling it? I should, I should be. I just don't have that many towels. Like I need to be steadily employed where I can be like, word, I'm going to get a whole new set of towels and just let it go. Right. Uh, But what do you recommend to get menstrual blood out of a hardwood floor? I feel like this is based on something that's actually (laughs) happened. (laughs) Oh my God. Is this your, all right. Is you live in a house with three bleeders. Am I correct? Yes. Correct. Right. Um, let's see. I don't know. I think just leave it there. But you have to like create some sort of uh, decoration, like make it deliberate, you know, just bleed a heart next time. And, you know, if they can all contribute to some sort of, you know, it's like a mandala, but for people on their period. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it stays forever. Um, no, Nato, it's good to have you, dude. Um, I... I wanted, there's like a lot of new stuff we're going to try out with the podcast. We're going to bring segments in. We're going to leave them behind. Uh, I hope you're okay with that. I'm ready to roll with it. It's all an experiment. This is a fucking experiment. We're like with everything about our society, we're totally off the map right now. So of course it doesn't work. Yeah. By the way, guys, I see your comments. Thank you so much for being here. Um, And remember to tip us. Yes, we're just asking you for money. But guess what? A portion of the money that you give us to the Venmo account TBR-Live will be going to Movimiento Cosecha, which helps out undocumented immigrants during this pandemic and always, but specifically um, with this pandemic. Because guess what? They don't qualify for the measly $1,200 stimulus check uh, that we know should be a lot bigger. Um, But yes, thank you so much for being here. Uh, If you have a horrible comment, you'll get booted, but only for like 10 minutes because we really need you here. So uh, stay and we'll, we'll, you know, we'll read them out. It seems Uh, like stimulus overstates what it was. Like slow down with this stimulus talk. Can we reach climax is what you're saying. Right. It wasn't stimulus. I don't think so. Like, uh, you know, we need we need we need some lesser term for what the what the check was that doesn't dignify it that much. Um. Uh, yeah, like hot and bothered, or like little a little brush, a little uh hush money, was... <laughs> <laughs> capitalist hush money. Uh, okay. Well, first the first segment that I'm going to introduce and I might discard it by next week because you know, it might fall on its ass, but I I just feel like because we are often lost in like whatever time and space we're in, we don't know what day it is. It's March, it's March 17th. I was just going to say it's March 17th. It's May 17th. Uh, I wanted to do a little bit of a roundup of the week's news um, and a segment that I call uh, the week where so drum roll soundboard, we don't have a soundboard. Yeah. Let's 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 let our 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 live in-house band take it away. <laughs> <laughs> Do it Rockapella. All right. Um the week where. Okay. This was in case you were living under a rock, the week where Trump creates a fake scandal dubbed Obamagate, which is something to do with Michael Flynn. We're not really sure what Maybe he was entrapped by the FBI, or maybe it's about a tan suit, a microwave, and a birth certificate, which sounds like the MAGA version of The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. Yeah. Trump also fires the State Department Inspector General Steve Linick at the request of Secretary State of State Mike Pompeo, because it turns out he was investigating 
Mike Pompeo. All right. This was the week where Biden said in an interview, I wouldn't vote for me if I believe Tara Reid. God damn it. Why does he talk? Uh, it, it, it's that classic campaign. It's, it's the uncampaigning campaigning. Uh, you know, like Biden's main, main, one of his main campaign talking points again and again is don't vote for me. Don't vote for me. And oh, now that there's. Oh, you don't like my. Yeah, no. Uh, yeah, I feel like, mm, I don't know. It's very, very coercive. Uh, it's like he wants to lose. Um, it, this was the week where Democrats actually pow, uh, passed the HEROES Act through the House, not the Senate. Uh, it is a giant bill. Uh, maybe it's a little bit more of a stimulus. Maybe we're reaching climax. $3 trillion, additional response to the coronavirus, um, economic fallout. Um, there's some um, student debt relief in there. But there is not what the left flank of the party wanted, which was emergency Medicare for all that was proposed by Pramila Jayapal. Um, it does not have the $2,000 a month that folks like Pramila and Bernie Sanders um, proposed as an alternative to these one-time checks. Um, you know, because there is only one ringleader in the big tent party and her name is Nancy Pelosi and she wears Manolos. So fuck right off. Uh, what, what, what is that? What is a Manolo? Oh, have you not been watching Sex in the City in quarantine? Is that, are you not, you haven't reached rock bottom is what I'm getting, NATO. You're still like yeah. baking bread and showering and shit. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it was like, yes, <laughs> I will bake bread. Like yeah. as you, you're like the la the quartet on the Titanic, except you're just baking right. bread. We're like, Nato, we gotta go. And he's like, yeah. I need cumin. Right. Yeah. I, I, I made, uh, I made some empanadas this week and worked turmeric into the dough. So I'm that guy. God damn it. Nato is that guy. Uh, this was the week when, or where was it? Where? Mm, I think it was where this was the week where Nelly and Ludacris had an Instagram IG that's the same thing, live battle, like a song battle, uh, which reminded me of drinking Long Island iced teas and making out with guys named Mario from Long Island. It was great. It was actually really awesome. I, not the making out part. That was pretty bad. All right. Uh, this was the week where we lost two comedy legends, Jerry Serenity, now Stiller, and Fred Willard, Best in Show, Spinal Tap, Everybody Loves Raymond, um, Dick Cheney, for the record, still alive. All right. Uh, no heart somehow still alive i kind of miss him dick cheney yeah i mean you know like <laughs> are, we re are, are you reviving cheney is that what we're no saying? no not at all was I mean, he I, vice presidential no it's just like just think think about what's happening in the government right now and how much nicer it would be if if any if there was anyone in the presidential administration right now who was a competent fascist do you know what i mean who like could read just at a basic level. Like sure. if you handed them a memo, a they plan. Could sure. It's a Machiavellian plan, yeah. but it's a plan. Like, yes, Cheney was like the pinnacle of white demonry and also just like good at the job. White demonry. <laughs> game recognized game. <laughs> um, you're going to get canceled for that on yeah. left Twitter. Uh, but I just want to shout out some people in the comments. Dirk Dieter, thank you for being here. Peter Brogan saying, big ups to Mario. I feel like Peter might have been witness to some of those nights in uh, the Lower East Side. Uh, um, jo Joe, in answer to your question, yes, a portion of the proceeds will go to keep me and Francesca fed. Uh, uh, if you tip, not it won't just go to Movimento Cosecha. Um, 
Roberto Lovato in the comments uh, requesting yeah. my chilies and nogada recipe. Um, and uh, Roberto, I'm going to hold on to that until uh, until pomegranates come into season in the farmer's market, and then I will share it with you. If there are farmer's markets in the future. Uh, there, there will be. I'm just going to go to the farmer's market, like complete in a in a like latex gimp suit. I dig it. Um, all right. I think I had one more thing. Oh, yeah. This was the week where Obama joined a star studded list of celebrities to give a 2020 commencement or uh, graduation speech. One of the two. I'm not really sure which means beginning and end. I think it was graduation speech. Um, it was matriculating. Yeah, it's matriculating. Listen, the credits are almost there. Uh, and and I just found that there was like a really moving part of Obama's speech. I wanted to read it to you guys. Um, in, in Obama voice? No, I can't. I'm not a good... Oof. No. You think you own whatever land you land on. The earth is just a dead thing you can claim. But I know every rock and tree and creature has a life, has a spirit, has a name. You think the only people who are people are the people who look and think like you. But if you walk the footsteps of a stranger, you'll learn things you never knew you never knew. Uh, my bad. I was just playing. That was from uh, Disney's Pocahontas, Colors of the Wind. That's like a really good song. I feel like Obama should have just read that. Um, it's basically <laughs> the thing. A cough is as good as, as a laugh, NATO. Uh, that's... It, was a, it, was a, it was a laugh cough. It was a laugh. It was a laugh. Um, so uh, I have a, I have a uh, spicy spicy take on Biden's comment about Tara Reid. I wouldn't believe me if I if I, I wouldn't vote for me if I believe Tara Reid. Yeah, but that's not what we're talking about right now. That oh, was sorry. the rundown, NATO. Oh, never mind. I'll but say but say it, say it. No, please. Well, yes okay. So to be I'm clear, yes to be clear, I'm just in case there's any question. I'm I'm anti sexual assault, but the the Tara Reid thing to me also like indicates some like weird like the limits of the liberal imagination of like the fixation on personal conduct you know what i mean like like all the people who weren't perplexed at all that like biden is complicit in de de you know in deporting 2 million people around obama and building the like mass incarceration uh, apparatus and the drone program and you know like all of the horrible violence that Biden is is directly responsible for unleashing on the world. And people are like, no, 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 but he also touched people. And that's, that's where I draw the line is his personal behavior and not that his signature is on untold violence decades, decades uh, across the decades. So spicy take again. Uh, I'm ready to get canceled. I get canceled. I have a lot of thoughts on this. I hope we do a whole episode and talk about it. But uh, again, I've said it before, but we are in the ninth ring of hell and I would like to get back to the seventh in November. And yeah, that will be an improvement. And having a Democrat in the White House um, and when it comes to women's rights and sexual harassment law, if you truly, truly care about that, it is night and day. And that is the hardest horse bill to swallow. And trust me, as a woman that fucking sucks and every woman and every survivor out there knows that it fucking sucks and but yeah there there is a moral choice it's it's a long conversation and it's not funny and not funny um but that was the week that was or something that wasn't the week that was that's someone else's segment from another podcast that was the week where yay guys. the week yay. where and when yay yay that was a week whence um 
the next segment we're going to do is called the new normal. Now, we've been talking about the new normal in many different ways and forms because of the coronavirus, because of the fact that we are all stuck at home and we uh, can only leave our homes to go to the grocery store really is what I've been doing. Uh, and there's a lot of new habits that we're developing. There's a lot of new things that have been um, adopted. There's things that have been destroyed, um, like stand-up comedy. Uh, we are the victims. Uh, no, uh, <laughs> like like a lot of things, right? But live comedy is one of them. That's why we're here. Um, and so I wanted to know, NATO, the new normal. What's good and what do you hope remains when all of this ends? But what do you hope does not? Um, well, I mean, so you you alluded to it. Uh, you alluded to it a minute ago, but um, it's been like the weird, uh, uh, like like craft hobbyist stuff, like in the underground of the economy. Like every, you know, like so, you know, there's been this stuff about uh, people having difficulty getting yeast, and then like the underground, you know, like everybody's getting into bread. There's baking. an underground yeast market. It like. Like I've had multiple people like drive by my house to just drop off bread starter, um, oh, you know, God. and like th- uh, yesterday morning um, uh, I got a text message and someone was like, go outside. And a friend of mine had left a loaf of bread under my mailbox. Um, so there's just like, there's like a whole black market of people, you know, like there's like a hanky code of how to signify like, Oh, you have yeast. I have whole wheat pastry flour. Let's, like have a transaction like i'm the top in this relationship and sure. you know it's also look, like look. you know you're <laughs> like a white liberal in san francisco when you get yeast dropped off nah you don't right. have to be a white liberal uh, you can be a lefty yeah or or look or a white communist you don't have to be a liberal um and so like i i love all of the like the initiative around crafting and bartering you know i got some uh like like I we got some artisanal batch like small batch cocktail hand sanitizer, so I have uh, like some liquor just <laughs> dis- like sp- whiskey distillery was making hand sanitizer. So then I we ordered some, and so now I have hand sanitizer that smells like an old fashioned. That's great. Really into that. Oh my god! Uh, I would just lick my fingers the whole time. That's like putting honey on a bear's paws. Uh, yeah, and you know how I like to lick a bear's paws. Um, so. Uh, I, that's been that's been a bit of the new normal that I'm really enjoying is all of all of that stuff all the all the creativity that has ensued the barter economy oh the barter economy okay uh, okay yeah I like that I hope that I I've accepted uh, chili paste from my neighbor that was delicious and I did bake a cake I've never made a cake before not worth it not uh, worth the effort icing very worth it cake not so much um, my new normal. Look, I don't believe in reviving Bush as a politician, but I do believe in reviving the Bush as a hairstyle of my pussy. <laughs> well, let me just say, the vagina is thriving in lockdown, okay? Now, I'm not talking anything sexual. I'm talking about allowing the hair to just scraggle out, just grow and grow and grow. The skin likes it. It is a beautiful time for the Bush. And I hope that one of the things that we do is assign W. Bush to be a war criminal and assign the woman's Bush to be something forever to behold. Uh, We will reemploy waxers as uh, Medicare for all workers when we have it. 
and uh, there'll be some sort of transition program for them. But l free the bush, please. The the implication of that is very funny to me, which is that like, you know, I've spent a fair amount of time with you out in public and I've never like seen you just like fully drop trow in a public <laughs> setting. <laughs> and uh, and so and, and so the implication is like, well, now that I'm home, I don't I don't need to keep my bush tidy as though like before there was so much traffic. You never know. You, you never know. What could be like, going on? What if I need to drop trout? Well, if I'm doing the free bleeding. No, it's just it's just better. It's it is better. Um yeah, it's better. You could trim. I've learned oh. how to use trimmers. Okay, well, we can move on, NATO. Right. This is this is <sighs> um have you I have a I have a stormtrooper tiki mug, by the way. Nerd alert. That's sad, by the way, the fact that Star Wars uh, Edge of Tomorrow, is that what it's called? Tomorrow? It's not called Edge of Tomorrow. What's Galaxyville? Ga uh, uh, Galaxy's Edge. Thank you. Oh, God, I am my mom. That's not going to be open for a really long time, and I really wanted to go on the Rise of the Resistance ride, and I'm sad about that. Uh, so the... Um... Uh, the new normal that I would like to set aside. Uh, I was getting there. Yeah, uh, you know, I like I miss I miss not getting hugs uh, and being able to like I I like hugging my family, but I I like getting out and about and seeing people and hugging friends and other loved ones. I miss that. I, I'm looking forward to getting to hug people again. Who would you hug if you could only hug one person who you haven't touched in the last month, two months, three months? What are we at now? Bootsy Collins. Good one. Yeah. Um, I'd hug my mom, but that's just because I'm a good child. So mm -hmm. you can hug my mom. Okay. No, totally. Mm -hmm. I will. I'll yeah. give half a hug and half a hug. My okay. What's the thing? The new normal that I don't like. Okay, I'm just gonna be real. I don't like my fridge stocked with food. This sounds like this is like a humble brag slash like first world problems but it it scares me it makes me hyper like i'm very nervous every time i open the fridge i'm like fuck oh my god that kale is wilting that chard's already dead like i'm just constantly like the meal planning and like i don't have kids i have a boyfriend i'm trying to not baby you know and so i'm like trying to remain in this world where I don't have to fully think ahead too much. And now I'm like, again, back to the meal planning. And initially in the first week I was like, I've got all these recipes. I'm going to try them. It's going to be great. And now I'm like, what kind of bean hash green, you know, bean hash green, one pot, bean hash green, you know, spice, 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 bean hash green. Like that's all I'm doing because I find it very overwhelming. So I don't, I do think it's okay to shop small, less shopping, less waste. I do really like cooking at home and being at home, but I don't, I don't like to have an avalanche of fucking food in my face. Am I the only one? Is does that sound too privileged? Yeah. I'm really sorry. You have too much food right now. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> I really, I'm really sorry that you have too much food that you decided to go and get and bring to your house. Yeah. It's okay. It's, I'm it's, trying to reduce it, my exposure though, homie. I yeah. have this is what I have to do. Yeah. Yeah, it's you know, it's not it's it's not like like the UN is dropping pallets of food into your yard and you're like, now I have to eat the, all this 
give them time. Doctors yeah. Without Borders was deployed to like a meat processing plant. I forgot. They the, Doctors Without Borders is like USA is number one. Okay, we need to be here. Uh, Africa's got the shit covered. Um, all right, that was a new normal. Um, okay, so since we're on the topic, we're actually gonna go deep. We're gonna get some information, uh, as you do generally, um, from podcasts. Uh, okay, stop talking. This is fine. All right, we have reached um, 90,000 deaths uh, as of today from COVID 19. We're gonna blow past 100,000. Uh, before the end of May, of course, um, even though cities and counties are reopening there, everyone is just we're, apparently we're supposed to reopen, even though there is no plan for testing. And that's what we're going to talk about today. Um, it's very Lord of the Flies. Uh, you've got, you know, weaponized white privilege uh, in the form of reopen America protests. They are armed. They would have been arrested were they brown or Muslim. Uh, they got guns. They got droplets. They've got uh, QAnon as their co-pilot. It's QAnon the, is my co-pilot, if you will. It's the it's 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 two great tastes that go badly together, which is armed white supremacists and anti-vaxxers, the winning combination that we didn't know we needed. Uh, and yet, it's perfect if we could just contain them, like they'll all just die of polio and other preventable diseases. I'm like, cool. Mitch McConnell almost died of polio. I'm convinced why that's why he's such an sob. Maybe he can't actually feel the lower part of his face. That's why it droops so heavily. Anyway, the point is, um, turns out uh, globally, fascism is actually really bad at combating coronavirus because when you have an entire government based on like, you know, an unreality, you're not equipped to deal with a reality of a virus. So Russia, Brazil, and the United States doing a pretty piss poor job. Um, meanwhile, the WHO this week said that the coronavirus could become endemic in the same way as HIV. So uh, we'll just have to learn to live with it. So we might have those new normals. Um, are we ever going to hug people again? Are we going to elbow bump? Holy shit. Are we going to wear little elbow condoms? I feel like it already, the weenus already kind of needs one generally. Um, and all this uh, under the fact that only 3% of the population has been tested. Only 3%. And we know that testing is sort of the key that unlocks this sort of Zelda-like reopening for good of the economy and our lives going back to normal. Um, and we have a guest to help us understand the trials and tribulations of testing. Her name is Veronica Huerta. She uh, is a clinical uh, lab scientist. And I'm just going to read her credits so you don't like, you know, I'm actually me and you don't fucking second guess her because she has a Bachelor of Science in Microbiology from Texas State University, Bachelor of Science in Medical Laboratory Science from the University of Washington, 10 years of experience in large scale hospital clinical laboratories on the West Coast, seven of those in clinical microbiology. And she's currently working, again, like I said, in a vi virology lab on COVID-19 testing and other respiratory pathogens. Please welcome... Ladies and gents, Veronica Huerta. Yay. Hi, everyone. Yay. Hi, Veronica. How are you? I'm well. How are you? Phenomenal. You know, Chilling. We talked about okay. <laughs> uh, pubic hair and bleeding. I heard. We talked a lot. We've gotten real deep. I, I feel yeah. like I need to just open Sorry. with I do have my own sourdough starter. And I just yesterday did a whole food swap with my neighbors. 
So and that's where I'm at. Are you oh a white God. liberal from San Francisco? <laughs> I am a Mexican immigrant who is a scientist and a woman. So I think I'm, I'm supposed to be the enemy. Yeah. I'm supposed to come take your job. They weren't supposed to give you sourdough. That's mm. where it starts. Yeah. First they take your sourdough, then they try and <laughs> fix your public health crisis. <laughs> um, Veronica, thank you for taking time out of your week. What are you, what's your schedule like these days now that you're running tests um, on coronavirus? Um, I'm working, uh, it's called an offshoot, so it's just evening. Um, so it's like 3 to 11 or so in the nighttime because most labs now are having to run constantly 24 hours if or close to 24 hours a day so you can crank out these tests um so i'm there until about 11 30 every day damn and yeah. how many other people are you with in this i know it's for a major university we're not going to name which but how many yeah. other people are working with you um on my shift there's i think six of us uh, and we mm -hmm. have three different platforms that run the pcr test um, one of them is sort of a larger scale that can do up to 96 tests at a time. Um, and the smaller one, the one that I run is, uh, can do up to eight at the same time. And it's a lot faster too. Okay. Yeah. Can I ask a question? So mm -hmm. like when, when everybody, like they keep talking about how we need to have more testing and we need to ramp up testing mm -hmm. and that, and that it, like, oh, the U S isn't testing at the rate of some other countries. Sure. Like it it seems like you know it, it we're pretty good as a nation at like cranking out like a buzzfeed quiz on like which game of thrones house are you or whatever like why is why is this harder than that I which think, pathogen are you yeah yeah <laughs> um i think because this involves a lot more people um because it's not just whether or not you have the labs that have the platform to run the tests it's also do you have the equipment that you need to run the test. And by that, I mean the swabs. Mm. Um, I just read something earlier that in Washington state, they finally got the federal help um, of swabs and they, I don't know if this is true or not, so don't quote me, but that they ended up getting Q-tips and Q-tips are not nasopharyngeal swabs. And you don't want to shove a Q-tip that far up your nose to tickle your brain with a very sturdy giant q-tip a nasopharyngeal swab has a very uh flexible um uh handle i guess so when you do go up that deep and you have to swirl it around um and you know bury your brain a little bit um that it makes it easier mm -hmm. instead of just yeah i see your face and you're like eh. well i know that well <laughs> but, I know NATO has actually had a personal I, I, experience. I, I had it, yeah. I, I drove into a parking lot. I rolled down my window. A nice, very powerful Filipino lady grabbed the back of my head fiercely mm -hmm. and, then, and then took a swab that was about, I want to say, 17 feet long. Yep. And it went into, right. into my nostril and then straight back. It went straight. <laughs> like I, I, I assumed that it was going to go up, but it went straight <laughs> back uh, to like... It like and hit. I feel like it hit the back of my skull, uh -huh. and I I started confessing to crimes that I hadn't committed. <laughs> um, I told I told them where the bombs were hidden. Like I told them <laughs> how, how how to catch Osama. Like the, just mm -hmm. the whole thing. Yeah. If if the CIA only knew that was the only thing you needed to yeah 
That was your only <laughs> weapon. You need it. You need. It. I just want. I like to, to think of. People. I like to think of like there's got to have been some lab technician or someone who in the past was using the swabs as Q-tips. Was like nobody. We got plenty of these. Doop a doop. Oh, and probably. it's like, oh shit. <laughs> I'm probably feeling pretty bad right now. But <laughs> Veronica, on a like macro level, and then I want to ask you specifics. Like, you're watching this train wreck of a president and an administration mm -hmm. completely bungle yeah. literally every aspect of this coronavirus response. What is the most annoying thing to you uh, to watch as a scientist? What's the hardest thing to watch? I feel like that would be a whole episode. <laughs> um, it's, it's just, it's more of the same, right? It's, it's that the administration's inability to believe the experts uh, and to trust the experts because we're talking about people that have dedicated their whole professional lives to do this one thing, right? Yeah. So if this is all you do, like how, how is this other guy who just learned about it and was probably not listening gonna come and tell everybody like, oh, we should inject bleach into our veins or, you know, go take this drug that hasn't really been tested for this particular um, disease. So it's, it's, it's just very irresponsible. Mm -hmm. uh, I think the level of, uh, it's just very irresponsible and it's costing yeah. people lives. Yeah, I mean, it's also like, I'm not going to lie, this isn't the easiest thing to understand, which is exactly why you have to shut up and let mm -hmm. folks like yourself talk. I mean, I think it is important to understand, it, it, like, what is coronavirus like, right? I mean, I right. initially, I've called it the killer flu, but it's not a flu, right? It's it's in the family of influenza, as I know we were talking about, but it is very different. And so testing and even eventually finding a vaccine is going to be, it's its own thing. Um, yeah. And, and um, to be super, super technical, it's yeah. a family from influenza. It's the coronaviridae family. Oh, got it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. And that's the one that has a few different coronaviruses, including SARS and MERS and other seasonal. Is that like um, how Nicolas Cage is also a Coppola? Is it like that <laughs> kind of relationship? It's similar, similar yeah. to that. Okay. Uh, and I didn't know that. Look, I'm way. smart. Mm -hmm. I understand science. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it's it's uh, it's difficult because it's been difficult to to work uh, finding a vaccine, an efficient, reliable vaccine, just for influenza, right? For seasonal influenza, as yeah. we were talking earlier, like some years it works better, some years not so much, and so it's just because. The vi these viruses can mutate so rapidly and you know every time that i try to talk to people about evolution whether it's real or not which is a whole other subject um the example i always give is you know influenza right you get a flu shot every year right why do you do that and then blank stares so yeah. you know i think that some folks who don't believe in evolution, if you called it mutation, they'd be like, oh, hell yeah, dude. Like, I do believe in <laughs> lizard people. And you know, like, like <laughs> mutation sounds so cool. Like, evolution is boring, you know, just make it. Yeah. So, I we mean, I just rename things. Yeah. This is, this, stuff, but this yeah. is why people go to conspiracy theories is because it is hard to understand. Like, it, mm -hmm. for example, you know, and I think back to NATO's question why for was south korea able to test so many people and yet we here in the us cannot like is it a 
trade issue with South Korea? Is it a technical issue? You know, yeah. did they use up all their tests? Honestly, I think one, one of the reasons is the difference between the cultures, right? We, we, and this is a huge stereotype, but um, a lot of Asian cultures tend to be very uh, respectful and, um, um, what's the word I'm trying to think of? I just, I just want to say, Francesca's half Chinese and I 100% disagree with that, based <laughs> just on the sample size half. of one Francesca, that, if you're that's my Italian side that you yeah. hate NATO. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> but what I guess what I'm getting at is um, they, they probably organize a lot better. It's also a smaller country. Um, and I think they just have a lot more respect for uh, professionals. Right. Yeah. Um, so if they have an expert come in and say, this is a plan, this is what we're going to do. This is we're going to tackle this because facts, facts, facts then people just like, okay, this is what we do. And that's how Wuhan was locked down for 76 or 78 days or something. And people did not leave. They didn't go out to the grocery store. They, I think they were allowed to like go out to their front doors to pick up groceries that somebody yeah. would put there magically. So right. we are not capable, I think, as society in the US to, to, to have that much discipline. Discipline was the word. Sure. Yes, absolutely. I mean, this, these are also cultures that have no problem wearing masks and yeah. not to protect themselves, but as a courtesy to others when they have the common cold or the common mm -hmm. flu. Um, what? Uh, let's see. I, I just wanted to ask, like, what are what's the relationship that you have with other labs around the country and around mm -hmm. the world? and or with the CDC? Like, what's the communication like? You know, we've seen on the state level that it's like every state for themselves, every governor for him or herself. Um, is the same thing happening on the on the clinical side of it? Is, it, I, is, is there any, like, coordination of lab work? Right. I think so, uh, to a certain degree. Uh, and definitely I'm, I'm low on the poll of who's talking to whom, but uh, when information does get shared with the team, which is us, um, I know like my boss shared with us that he had been in constant contact with the governor and um, like other universities within California that are kind of trying to work together to come up with a good plan for California. Mm -hmm. And I know also that um, California is working very closely with the state of Washington. So I think the whole West Coast is trying to kind of band together and work together. Which is great because honestly, West Coast has very intelligent people um, when it comes to science. You can say better, um, it's fine. <laughs> uh, we are, I mean, we are kind of better. <laughs> yeah, I said it. Uh, can I ask, like, there's been, I, so I was reading that, uh, like, there have been points where past public health emergencies led to, like, far-reaching social changes. You know how, like, you know, like cholera led to indoor plumbing and stuff, you know, and, and <laughs> stuff like that. Sure. Um, uh, you know, and can the, we shit in the street yet is what yeah, NATO's asking. Can I, can I throw my poos out the window? Um, so like if you could guess like some systems change that, that, that could or should happen as a result of COVID that would be like built into the planning code. Uh, yeah. What do you I think? Is there, I think the, the thing that's been most surprising to me, honestly, is that it's this new innovation that you're supposed to wash your hands for 20 seconds and not touch your face. 
Like, why is that a new thing? I don't understand why people <laughs> don't wash their hands. Um, we should have been washing our hands this whole time, right? Pandemic or no pandemic. So that's the first. Uh, so now people are more um, maybe willing to wash their hands long enough, maybe. I don't know. Um, but I also think that there's... Look, my hands are like a, like a cast iron <laughs> skillet, and I really need them seasoned. Like if they so don't, that's why you lick them sometimes. Yeah, that yeah. It, like I, like they're like it's like a walk. Like you like you want to rinse it, but you don't want to use soap because then you get the flavoring out of your hands. That's true. That's, that's good, good point. point. Yeah. Um, good point. Love me a cast iron skillet. Veronica, could you just explain the differences in testing between antibody tests and the PCR tests? Um, and at which like which one is more advanced right now? And what what is like what are the differences between them? Yeah, so the difference is, is the antibody test is testing for antibodies specific to this virus being present in your bloodstream. Okay. Um, and so, like, normally most of us will have antibodies to, oh, my God, no, I'm digging a hole. Uh, I don't know, influenza, hopefully, right? Or rhinovirus. Rhinovirus is the, the most common cause of the common cold. So most of us, we get a little sick and, you know, we get the runny nose and everything. And then your body starts producing these antibodies because they remember it from the time before. Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. that's how your body sort of like combats the whole thing. Um, so that's antibody testing. It's, it's checking whether or not the antigen, which is part of the virus or whatever foreign entity that comes into your body, um, when that uh, gets activated... Um, there's like there's a, a memory of it, mm -hmm. so your body sort of remembers like okay, here's a little piece of rhinovirus, so let's start making rhinovirus antibodies so we can take care of it. Um, so it tests whether or not you've already been exposed to this antigen right. from the virus, from a virus. Um, the other one is the the PCR test question. I was just going to say that the, the the horn of the rhinovirus is a coveted uh, commodity. <laughs> it's sold on it black is. markets. Yeah. <laughs> um, so the PCR testing is testing for the genetic material of the virus. So that one is actually looking for the virus itself. So it gets tricky there, too, because just because you have genetic material present, it doesn't mean that it's alive and in um, like an active infection, right? Right. So if you if you try to think of it in terms of like uh, forensics, right, like the who done it and all that, um, you can find DNA from a bone, right? You can extract material and find genetic material. That doesn't mean wherever you got it from was alive. So the problem sometimes becomes doctors tend to want to use these tests for the presence of the genetic material that and if it's positive sometimes they'll misinterpret it as oh there's an active ongoing infection we should treat it with hmm. drugs and sometimes maybe that's not the case anymore so if right. you already tested positive like seven days ago and you test positive again it doesn't necessarily mean that your your infection is active and ongoing it could just mean that whatever is left that your body's taking care of and killing um, successfully, but there's still some remnants of genetic material. Right. And, 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 and a little misleading for them. 
Do those tests have to be? Does the does the test for whether you have have it now and the antibody test? Do they have to be separate tests? Like, is there a way to make it a twofer? Like, if I'm going to be nose fucked in a parking lot, yeah, can I just right. have one thing? Can I no, keep this? Unfortunately, swab? yeah the 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 super invasive swab is for the active ongoing because that that's when you're looking for the actual virus, the presence of the virus. And the antibodies has to come from your blood. So they have to take your blood somehow. Right. And uh, that Brad Allen had a similar question, NATO. And I just wanted to ask you about if the nasal swab test can test for past infections. And then a question from Daria. Any word on when accurate antibody testing will become available? I know there's like a, a bunch out right now. And they've been giving false negatives, false positives. Uh, there's an article out I just saw that was like, I've had four tests and I still don't know if I've had COVID-19. Um, yeah, I think it gets, it gets complicated. And if anybody remembers the whole Theranos thing, right. Where like you get one drop of blood and you can test for everything. Like that's, I remember that. Well, yeah, it was, it was never going to be possible. Um, so I'm, I am a little skeptical about the finger stick tests, uh, which are called sort of like rapid point of care tests. Um, I am a little more skeptical of those. They tend to be less um, accurate, so more false negatives. Mm -hmm. um, but anything, it, it, think about it, like if it's the more invasive it is, the, the more reliable it is. Sure. Right. So if you do a cheek swab, it may not be as thorough as that one that tickles your brain. Right. Right. Um, and, it, and it just has to do with, you know, source. Um, if you're poking your finger just for one or two drops of blood, it may not be as representative as taking a whole tube of blood from your vein. Right. Um, and, from and then also the testing platform is different. So when you have the whole tube of blood that goes into this large machine and there's a whole lot of chemistry and magic and science that happens. And yeah, yeah, Keebler that's elves, I been got tested. It. Yeah, that's been tested more and more and more. And, uh, and everything needs to be tested to meet a certain standard before it can be used for patient testing. That's just a standard. That's a federal standard. Right. And the same thing with, you know, uh, an eventual vaccine. You know, I remember when Dr. Fauci first came out, he was like, look, if and when we have, you know, what we think is a vaccine that has to go through months and months of patient trials, and mm -hmm. it wouldn't actually be out for another year. Um, right. You know, and, and, and hopefully they would, they would, in their trials, they would include women because normally for clinical trials, they tend to just ignore women as people and just test everything on men and then say, hey, this works for everyone. That's this right. has gone too far. Yeah, I'm <laughs> setting up. a whole other subject. <laughs> well, to be fair, I do think COVID-19 is an e <laughs> eco-socialist uh, <laughs> anarchist uh, who really believes in killing off men. Uh, grounding all planes, allowing all the earth to regrow and the animals to take back over. So I get and it. The air to be clean. And the yeah. air to be clean. Um, I get it. peacocks walking around the streets now. Exactly. Who doesn't want to see that? One. Okay, let me, before I let you go, because we have to let you go soon. <laughs> yeah. Um, what, you know, coming from a science perspective and then being bludgeoned with talk of the economy, the economy, the economy, the economy, how we have to reopen in a perfect world, in a world where we did listen to science, what would happen? How would we allow you all to work? Um, and yeah, what's the ideal scenario? 
Oh, that's a good one. I'm, I'm not really sure. I think if we, if we again had the discipline to properly follow the, the guidelines, we would be further along. But, you know, there was a party in Pastina where somebody showed up and joked about having COVID and suddenly everyone at the party has it now. And it's just, <laughs> it's just, you know, we all think that it's not going to happen to us. What were you saying about but... evolution and natural selection? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> there was exactly. something there about mutation. <laughs> yeah. um, I think if we all work on understanding that even though we may not be directly affected by this, it's still very real and that the guidelines are in place for a reason mm -hmm. and i mean listen we all want to go to the beach i i want to go to the beach so bad but i don't i go to my yard even the people who don't have a beach want to go to the beach like the people in the mm -hmm. middle of the country are like we want to go to the beach like motherfucker, you have where you just yeah. want to make the sign yeah i saw ozark that's a shitty beach <laughs> um veronica is there anything you want to add actually one thing i wanted to ask you before we let you go is um which people and scientists should we be following either on social media or um you know do they blog uh yeah actually, my my mentor blog. kind of does everything <laughs> Yeah, uh, uh, but tell us about their vines and their periscopes. <laughs> Whoa, NATO. Uh, so my mentor is out a professor at Texas State University in San Marcos. He is the chair of the clinical lab science department. Mm -hmm. uh, he was my mentor when I was there. And he is very, very active on the socials. Um, he's also now a contributing uh, writer for Forbes magazine. He has a new article out about why we need more vir clinical virologists and it kind of explains who we are and what we do. Um, and he's very, very prolific at kind of getting out there and explaining things. He did a lot of work for public health too in Texas. What, what is his uh, info? His Twitter handle is at Rodney, R-O-D-N-E-Y, Rody, R-O-H-D-E, Rodney Rody. His name is Rodney Rody. Yes. Hell yeah, dude. I will ride He's or die cool. for Rodney Rody to the end of the road. Does he also play a Hammond V3 organ? Because it seems like that goes with the name. Uh, Wear fedoras. Time I talk to him. Yeah. yeah. Nobody should. <laughs> Texas. It's a little different. Veronica, I hope you will come back, um, even if it is just for 10, 15 minutes. Let us know what's going on, what you're working on, and explain to us dum-dums uh, why we need to stay the fuck home. Thank you for all of your work. Just Thank you for helping washing us. washing your hands. Absolutely. Okay. My know, pleasure. Thank you. I'm really bad. I, I try to do it for, uh, like, two happy birthdays, and it just lasts uh -huh. for, like, it lasts for 10 seconds. I'm going to be real with yeah. you. Like, but also, like, you have to get your thumbs. Make sure that you get your thumbs. Thumbs always get neglected because oh. okay. we do this. Don't right? neglect the thumbs. We do a lot of this, but we got to do the thumbs. Okay, Pinky getting too much wash. Wash your thumbs, y'all. Wash your thumbs. I learned Yay. something. <laughs> yes. We learned something. Wash your goddamn thumbs. Be patient with scientists <laughs> and listen to them. Thank you, Veronica Huerta. Uh, and you. we will follow your mentor and your work. Bye-bye. Thanks. All right. We're back. Just me and NATO. Now we've been schooled on science. Uh, I want to read some comments, maybe. We we have some non-trolls in the comment section? 
NATO, have you made a sign demanding a right to a haircut yet? I feel like that's. Uh, uh, no, I have not. Although I have, I have been uh, shaving my own head, but with a beard trimmer. So it's like it's working for Zoom. But if you here, let me. It's <laughs> It's kind oh. of it's it's kind of a mess because nor normally the way that I get my haircut is I just walk down to Mission Street and I go and I go to barbershop and I say, "Give me the number two all over," and then they do that. But I can't do that to myself with a beard trimmer. That's sad. Um, a lot of people saying, thank you, Veronica. Fantastic information. I agree. Also, uh, representative woman of color in STEM, immigrant woman of color in STEM. Fuck yeah. Like, I want Veronica on a t-shirt. I fucking love you. Um, so happy to had have you here. Uh, I'm getting verklempt because like uh, NATO said, literally anything will make me cry. I've been watching Downton. And like, yes, forget, you know, like cast and the English high society and how that's all bullshit. But like, I've been crying three times every episode and it's just, oh, it's so what I need. It's so good. Right. I, I mean, my, my, I have my, I have kids who are, my kids are in sixth grade and they like, they want to watch superhero movies. And so like, whenever there's a moment of like, maybe if we act as a team and come together, we can win. <laughs> and then I'm like, yeah, I've been thinking about uh, John Iderola of the Damage Report. We were talking about how what if every action movie and every end of the world movie like were set in today's MAGA Trump America? Like every hero that ever tried to save the earth would be assassinated before like bruce willis would have been tackled by a bunch of like neck beards in maga hats before he could ever have blown up that asteroid that was headed to earth you know like every single you know will smith would have been taken out because he's black he's like i'm but i'm trying to save you like doesn't matter doesn't matter um yeah i, I i've been thinking about how like like when i watch old uh dystopian shows you know what I mean? Like, like the you know the Watchmen co comic books. The the original series of the Watchmen came out in the in the in the mid to late eighties, and uh and like reading you know it was supposed to be this like bleak, dark, dystopian future, and and you go back and read it now, and it's like oh this seems quaint. You know what <laughs> I mean? <laughs> this is adorable. That this is the word like Viva Vendetta that you thought that this is like. At least these people are smart. Like, it's, first of all, V for Vendetta was dope. Like, V for Vendetta, that that's about us. That's about us side. We hopefully, if there is not an election in November, you will remember, remember the fifth or eighth of November or whatever the fuck it's going to be, because we're gonna take the goddamn streets. That's for another episode. But let's, um, God, this is, it's all passed so quickly. Um, let's go to our last segment, which is a spinoff of sext elect over overthrow which we used to play on this show but i got tired of talking about which republican politicians you'd want to sext um because the answer is always scott wiener um so who just turned 50 oh my god he's looking 50, good at 50. inches uh, okay. senator california state senator scott wiener looking good at 50 Oh, I'm getting him confused with Anthony Weiner. Oh, and you're thinking confused. Former uh, Democratic Congressman Anthony Weiner. We have our own Weiner here in California. Yeah. Um. Oh my God! Imagine being quarantined with like between Huma Abedin and Anthony Weiner. 
I mean, they, you know, Anthony Anthony Weiner, aka Carlos Danger, uh, was wasn't that his like anonymous it was. handle? At least, yeah. at least it wasn't like Danger Rodriguez, you know, because that would have been even worse. But like Carlos Danger is like a little bit of appropriation, but like not too much. Um, all right, so we're gonna play a version of Sex Select Overthrow, but with hug, quarantine, or inject with bleach. So you have to decide, NATO, who you would or what you would rather hug, what you would rather quarantine, and what you would rather inject with bleach. Okay. Are you ready to play? I think I okay. I hope I hope I know all the people. We're not playing with people. We're playing with oh great systems. systems. Because because coronavirus has shown a black light onto all of our American systems that are failing us handily. Uh, and how they all need to be changed or done away with, I thought we could choose three systems. One, the stock market. Mm -hmm. Two, the airline industry. Or three, meat processing plants. Got which it. would you hug? Which would you quarantine? And which would you uh, inject with bleach? Got it. So I would say that I would... Um, it's hard. Uh, uh, I, the, well... So inject with bleach is easy. I want to inject with bleach the stock market because every time, every day, it's like it's the headlines are are always back to back. It's like you know a million people died. Stock market breaks new record. It's like fuck you, stock market. Where's your compassion? You know, um, and so I hate the stock market. The stock market profits off our suffering. Mm -hmm. Injected with bleach. Mm -hmm. uh, I would say. Um, uh, quarantine the meat the airline industry they need a timeout they need to take a break they need to stop like flying these carbon uh emission uh factories around the sky take a break stop you know they're taking all this federal relief money uh for themselves and not giving it to the workers yes. they need a timeout hug I'll, I'll go with meat processing plants um you know i know that it's bad for the environment and their horrible labor conditions but also, uh, give me you know, the entrails. I love, I love a brisket. You love a morcilla. Uh, yeah, <laughs> that's a blood sausage, by the way. Oh, I'm familiar. A la morcilla. Have you ever had yeah. a? Have you ever made your own blood sausage? I, I've never made it. I've eaten it. I've enjoyed it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> me there's too. a there's a limit. To, you know, there's some things that I can't make for my family, and that would include offals. What are offals? Like the and entrail bits like oh, the, oh right 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 things like blood sausage and you know yeah yeah intestines yeah Kidney. um i god i really agree with a lot of that although i really don't want i just want to hug the workers in meat processing plants i don't i think they should it should all be shut down you want to hug them from six feet away but yeah nah, yes i mean i'm gonna be real for now yeah. who is the safest to hug Okay, so I think we should inject bleach into meat processing plants because you need to clean it up. There were outbreaks of flu before this all happened, and now, you know, it's it's basically coronavirus is hitting the, the least sanitary places, nursing homes, meat processing plants. Inject that shit with bleach. Uh, clean that shit up. Slow down the goddamn conveyor belts so people can properly, mm. like, disassemble a hog. I didn't <laughs> know I was going to say disassemble a hog today. I, yesterday yes today no um inject that shit with bleach uh you should we sh i agree quarantine 
the airline industry. Take a timeout, ground some jets, reconfigure your shit, make some shit that runs on solar. You fly so close to the sun, and yet that is why you fail. Um, there was there was a way to make that Icarus. You, were, you got so close work. to the Icarus joke, but then the, <laughs> the wax melted and you fell to the ground. Indeed, indeed. Uh, and then I would hug, I would hug the stock market, you know, as just almost as like you hug, you know, a dog that you're about to put down, just mm. like there, there, you should die. And uh, many of the people who make the stock market run probably were not hugged enough as children. Therefore, you know, you got to hug them, hug it out. What's going on? Tell me, brah. Uh, and then you know, Jennifer. Lopez will come in and steal all our money, but we'll get to see her dance. It'll be worth it. That's a Hustlers reference. Best movie of the last year. Watch Hustlers if you are fucking bored of your... I, someone said they were watching Two Broke Girls. That's the saddest shit I've ever heard. Um, guys, this has been the Bituation Room live stream. Holy shit, we did it. NATO? It's very exciting. Very exciting. I, I, I missed I missed doing the Bituation Room live, and this is uh this is a good alternative. It is, dude. What do you got coming up? You got you got anything to plug? You got like a live show you're trying to yeah suit yeah, people you know, up for? Uh, no, uh, I mean I have I have two albums out that you can if you are not familiar with the entirety of my oeuvre. Uh, <laughs> the two I have two albums out that can be streamed or downloaded wherever that happens. Uh, the um, uh, the NATO Green Party and uh, the NATO Green Party and uh, the Whiteness album are out. You can also hear me regularly on the Bugle podcast uh, talking with British people about politics. Oh, pass. I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I love the British. I love British comics. They just come to our country and steal our jobs. This is this is my one problem with them. You know, they are in a way I am MAGA, but only when it comes to comedy. Um thank you, NATO, for joining me. And thank you guys for all being here. Uh I you can find me on Twitter at Franny Fio. You can find me here every Sunday. Listen to past episodes. Uh, like this stream. Uh, donate. Tip us for the work that we're doing. And also to donate to Movimiento Cosecha, which is, again, working with undocumented immigrants and making sure they are taken care of in these horrible-ass times. Um, also, what can you... There was something I was going to say. Uh, oh, Write the podcast a review. If you want this to come back, if you want this to be like a real thing, live stream or no, write us a review. Give us five stars. It's okay to be four. Like sometimes you have to be like, oh my God, nobody asked me to do this. Four stars. You know you know how like, anyway, um, I'd so appreciate it. Thank you, Joseph. And also thank you. Thank you, Ulysses. And thank you to Becca Roofer, who's behind the scenes helping us produce this show. We will see you next Sunday in one week. Let's see how this time feels. And Nato, can you like actually make us a cocktail that time? Nato is an incredible. Uh, I've I've really been coping with quarantine by investing in my alcoholism. Yeah. Uh, so, I'll I'll have a good I'll have a good cocktail on hand next week. Good. Me too. I think I did order the Downton Abbey cocktail book. I've said this to pretty much everyone who knows me, and I hope to also have a cocktail from it and cry as I drink it. It's just gonna be sherry. It's gonna be fucking disgusting. Ugh. <laughs> All right. Bye, y'all. Love you. Bye. See, see you next week.